gentlemen. Pimps in between. Welcome back to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza, episode 80. Nice, even number. The big 8-0. And I, also, we're recording this on February 8th, so that's pretty cool. Not really that cool, but anyway. Uh, I'm joined <laughs> by the two... remotely cool, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. It's actually not that interesting, but uh, I figured I'd mention it. Anyway, I'm joined by the two usual suspects, as I always am. To start off with the man that I always have to start off with, because he's you know he's so egotistical that he demands that I mention him first. The bumptious, bright and boy, formerly known as a lovely London local lad, Alfie Colshaw on the cut. Alfie, what's going on? What are you saying, lads? Yeah, I'm decent. I'm decent. Um, I've never demanded to be, you know, first actually. So <laughs> shut up. Yeah, I actually only do it for alphabetical purposes. What were you saying, Daniel? Um, just the intro. Bert, Rob, the man with the versatile name that I so like to call uh, Bertrand Bar- Bar- Bartholomew uh, Bar- Bartholomew <laughs> Brent. Wow. <laughs> What's Brent? Up? Yeah, Brent. Let's 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 add some dyslexia into his name. <laughs> um, what's going on, my guy? What's up? How are we doing, guys? Um, I think it's it's sort of a challenge every week to see how far away Daniel can get from my name through <laughs> through, <laughs> through the <laughs> versatility. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm well, thanks, guys. Uh, hope hope everything's good with the listeners. Yeah, shout out there. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't we don't address the listeners enough. You know, hope you're doing well. Good time in life. I frank, I don't give a shit how you're doing. As long as you're tuning into the show and making us money, I really, I don't give a crap. Yeah, no, but you've got to pretend you do. Oh God! Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed your Sunday nights, and I hope you watched the Super Bowl because my fucking local team won that. I hope you didn't because of me. Presence. (laughs) I was talking to 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 our 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 home slice, um, Arsenal Maverick over DMs because I had to acknowledge the fact that he was just casually chatting with James Benj on Twitter. Um, mm. And <laughs> and we were talking about the Super Bowl and he said, your boys are doing good. Mav, I, ju- I do just want to say, I don't really care about American football at all. I only care because the, the, the team that's in the town that I now live in made the final. That's the only reason I give any crap at all. But he was saying, you know, mm. your boys uh, are doing well. And I was like, yeah, that's because they heard one of the hosts of the Arsenal Cannon podcast is in town, so they have to shape up. They have to do what they got to do. And because of my presence, they won the title. So the Buccaneers... Your only explanation. Yeah, the Buccaneers have the Arsenal Cannon podcast to thank. You heard it here first. Um, Hmm. I wish, Alfie, however, that Arsenal could feel either you or Rob's presence over there in the gloomy shores of England, but apparently they don't. Um, we suck, and we lost again. What do you make of the overall result away to Aston Villa? That 1-0 loss. Um, I can't say I'm, I'm actually too dejected. Obviously, I was very disappointed with the result um, and sort of, the, sort of the nature of the performance, but when we sort of discussed our upcoming fixture list a few weeks ago, 
um, I think Mac was here as well. Mm. We sort of pinpointed the Villa game as the one where we think we thought, oh, I think that could be one where we drop points, and we, there was always going to be a slip up in our performance levels along this this run, and mm. that sort of felt like the game because you know United we you know we played quite well, it was quite close. Um, Wolves, obviously, we, we we talked about Wolves last week. It was just a fucking refereeing disaster class. There wasn't much. We, we played well until we got fucking robbed. Um, so this was sort of the first real hiccup in our performances for a while since probably Crystal Palace. Um, so I'm not saying I'm too dejected because, you know, look how busy the fixture list is. Look how difficult it is to be consistent in the Premier League. There was always going to be a, a blip. Um, and it was on Saturday, but obviously I'm still frustrated. But you know, I'm not like absolutely tearing my hair out over the the result and performance. Yeah, I feel the same. And Rob, just to go over to you, uh, they were talking about this. I only listened to like the first ten minutes of the Arscast, and here goes me casually to any of it. Forgot about it. Yeah, actually. it's good. It's the first ten minutes are good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm already. Yeah, I haven't listened either. I'm already going to reference it, and I only watched like a tenth of it. So, um, Rob, is that kind of scary that Alfie's not that um, dejected after these two losses? Because I have to be honest, I'm not either. Um, no, because I think you just have to... I was, I was talking on the group chat earlier with two of the guys from the writing team, Charlie and Alan, and I was talking about how... Um, Arsenal's not only a, a club uh, playing in the Europa League with a Champions League wage wage budget, we're also a club playing in the Europa League with a Champions League fan base um, who mm-hmm. expects so much more. Um, and unfortunately, our, our squad uh, isn't in a place where that, that should be a, a serious expectation for us. So, you know, Aston Villa are European contenders this year and, you know... They've arguably got a better team than us right now, um, which is really, really tough to say. And if you told me that I'd be saying that a year ago, I would have had a hissy fit. Um, like at the start of the season, you'd have yeah. been like, what the fuck? Um, but no, it's, um, it's, it's just the state of affairs. And... You know, it was it was a really even match. Like Villa didn't play us off the park, but it was it just felt like a Europa League team against another. Uh, sorry, a Europa League contending team against another Europa League contending team. To be honest, yeah, mm. that's a really depressing yet accurate accurate way to look at it. Sadly, um, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I completely agree, Alfie. I mean, the way that the game went, it was just you know. Credit where it's due, my guy, because you've been, you know, saying this about Cedric for a while. Don't get excited because he's really not that great. Mm. And I have to say, one of my biggest pet peeves um, with regards to to players' habits on the pitch is when they don't put enough on their fucking passes, man. Mm. There's no excuse for that. Mm. You're passing like a five-year-old. You are a grown-ass man. Put something behind the ball. But anyway, Cedric with an uh, with a woeful pass back to Gabrielle and then... We concede the early goal, and then that's it. We lose. That's the scoreline, 1-0. I mean, would you, I'll, I'll let you go in on him. Alfie, go ahead. Go in on the loser. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucking dreadful. And 
<laughs> yeah, again, I don't want to be that that wanker that said, you know, told you so. But I did. I did think maybe maybe a couple of weeks ago I did did tell you so. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, he's had a few good halves of football, mm. but less we shouldn't be carried away. He's an average football player, and as much as maybe you could excuse like his overall performance to an extent because he's sort of playing out of position for this individual moment there's no there's absolutely no excuse you know it's a simple four four yard pass to fucking gabriel and he just does not put enough uh enough behind the pass and you know maybe maybe you think oh it's, it's a minute in he's sort of not adjusted he's not ready or two minutes in that's really not excuse either you know it's a very mm. simple pass and you can't be you know against any team in the premier league they're going to capitalize on such a poor poor error and try away i think well he took it took advantage i think gabriel again early on early days in the game and he he, he looks a bit he looked a bit shaky there a little bit like mm. you know rusty as he has Traore went weeks. past him with ease mm. he ease. did and i think yeah. maybe that you know a lack of pace or a lack of like like readiness um to sort of take on such an early sprint uh, is is a bit more excusable the fact that that was in the second minute the the the, the lo- loose pass from Cedric is not and then mm. I think uh, Watkins who's admittedly his movement is excellent inside the box um, I think Holding just loses him lets lets him peel off and I think Holding's got to let, get a lot tighter to him mm. again a little bit of luck on the finish I mean it was a, quite a poor connection from Watkins actually it spun away from Ryan initially I thought maybe Ryan might have done better and I saw calls for that I don't know what you two thought. No, I, I don't think so. It, it was one of those yeah. where he just sort of spurned past him, and yeah, hmm. yeah you so frustrating. I, I I agree with Rob. I mean, it's it's so difficult for a goalkeeper when the ball takes any kind of deflection. So it it was it was weird because Alfie, I know where yeah, you're no. coming from because it kind of looked like the ball went into the back of the net in slow motion, but it was also hmm. like I think the deflection just took it right out of his reach. So. Uh, I'm not. I'm not mm. too frustrated with Ryan, but I'm frankly fucking furious with Cedric. And I also think I think Rob Holding should have done a lot better as well. He has to be touch tight to Ollie Watkins in that kind of in that kind of situation. I know his mm. movement is good, fair enough, whatever. But you're also a professional defender, and your job is to be touch tight mm. to the center forward, and you're mm. not doing it. I agree, but just just on Gabrielle and Holding, as as I said, sort of tried to say there. It was a minute in, so you can mm. obviously you have to be like right. you have to be awake. Um, but there is a slight excuse there for them in that you know they hadn't fully adjusted. They weren't quite you know it was early days. You don't expect something that sudden. Um, whereas Cedric, there's no excuse for that shite a pass. Yeah, and and while I would agree with that, Rob, to to come over to you, should this one error really have lost us the game? I mean, that's the question that's on my mind because, yeah, the error was a catastrophic one from Cedric. I'm not beating around the bush there. It was terrible. That pass was pathetic. But we didn't do anything, basically. I mean, we, yeah. we, 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 didn't, we didn't really threaten all that much. And I think sometimes the attackers maybe have to do a little bit better to bail defenders out because, yeah, bad error from Cedric, but the attackers didn't do him any favors in trying to make up for it. 
Absolutely not. Um, a first minute mistake, which, you know, shouldn't have happened, shouldn't, you know, uh, dictate the rest of the game. Uh, and I, I don't really think it, it did dictate the rest of the game. I mean, mm. it wasn't as if Villa sort of sat in and Mourinho style uh, won the game. They, they still tried to make chances. And, you know, at times it was quite an entertaining game to watch. Um, but, but yeah, really disappointing. I think we really recovered. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was, yeah, what, what shot me was the fact that we conceded in the first minute. I mean, just for a bit, if we're looking at it contextually, like I really thought the players would have been so fired up for that match after what happened the other night. Um, mm. I thought that Arteta could have used that to get the, the boys sort of coming flying out the, the blocks and, and they, they just weren't. Uh, I think essentially even, though, like... I don't think this goal is a collective issue. I think it literally just comes down yeah, to no. one individual error from yeah. Cedric. I, I, I agree with that. Fully like switched on and hadn't worked themselves into the game yet. I, I agree on that front. I just think that even sort of the the next twenty minutes that followed, nothing really happened yeah, from true. from an from an Arsenal viewpoint. We, which I think we were sort of somewhat stunned and shocked by the yeah, early goal, yeah. and we were sort of yeah not expecting it, and we did not recover. And the same thing happened at the Emirates, if you remember when we played Villa and mm. McGinn scored. And it yeah, was like and it very, was disallowed. Very unlucky. Yeah, yeah, it was disallowed. Yeah, they, yeah. One of few times the refs have sided with us. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of seem like a team that <laughs> seems to have our number at the moment because when you look mm. at teams like Villa that you know are really this is going to sound so obvious, but teams that have resilient defenses and are capable of scoring goals are hard to play against, especially for us. And we just, we really struggled in the game, you know, with the, with that error, obviously that, that's all the concession of the goal, but we just didn't really create all that much either, Alfie. I mean, Alfie, were you surprised that there wasn't, you know, really too much for, for changes in the front four? I personally, I thought that maybe Martin Odegaard would take, um, would have a start in this game because Emil Smith Rowe has been playing a lot of football recently. But I want to get your thoughts mm. on it, man. What were your thoughts on the uh, on that front four? Did you think Arteta would switch it up at all, or what, what's what's up? Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I was sort of anticipating Smith Rowe getting a rest just because, as you said, he's he's played a lot of football, um, and he played ninety minutes against Wolves, and you know that was forty five minutes with one less man or. Mm. or 25 minutes with one less man and 15 minutes with two less men. So, yeah, and he looked a bit tired towards the end of that game. And I think he did look tired at times in this game. However, I think in the second half, right, at the start of the second half, when we sort of um, improved and, you know, we've spoken about for a few times now that that sort of period, sort of the 45th to the 60, 65th minute is t- tends to be when we improve. Um, I think he was sort of at the heart of that improvement. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I was anticipating Odegaard. I think I think Rob said this in the chat, actually. It would it was a game that sort of suited Odegaard, sort of dropping deeper to try and play these intricate passes forward. Mm. Smithrow likes to make runs beyond a bit more. Um, mm. And there wasn't always that space in behind the Villa defence. Um, albeit he did stretch them on a few occasions. But yeah, I think Lacazette potentially as well could have come out the side I think against Wolves he obviously got the injury against United and then against Wolves he played 45 minutes and looked very 
looked quite tired in the first half, and I think today, it today uh, on Saturday against Villa, he looked pretty, pretty shattered yeah. um, throughout mm. the, the game. And I think maybe Albarian could have come in, um, albeit although he didn't do too much in the second half. Um, well, we didn't provide him with that much service, but yeah, I just think overall the uh, attacking players didn't offer enough in this game, and we didn't, we couldn't, we didn't create a big chance at all. Um, we had a few half chances, but there was no, you know, high xG chance at any point in the game, and I think we just lacked the fluidity we saw. Uh, in the first half against Wolves, mm. so that was disappointing. But as I said, I didn't, th- I didn't think we could maintain our sort of positive attacking play throughout this entire period. Yeah, the the, the, ish- the thing, the the test will be whether we can like get it again in the next few games, or whether this mm. is the start of a, like a bad run of form. Hopefully not. But yeah, yeah. we've got a seven day break, um, and the boys yeah, kind of just help. you know relax a little because I agree with you. I thought uh, Lacazette pretty much throughout the game and, and Smith Rowe and, and portions of it were both looking pretty leggy. Um, you know, they look, mm. they look pretty tired. So I think seven day break will be good. Um, but Rob, Alfie mentioned Wolves there. And in that game, obviously in the aftermath, all we were talking about was the officiating. This is the segment of the show, folks, where we talk about Premier League controversial officiating again. Um, I would be mm. brutally mutilated if I wasn't to bring it up, bring up the two instances at some point. Uh, the first of which I think is the less controversial of the two. So I'll bring it up first. Um, appetizer before the meat and drink, so to speak. Um, the Bukayo Saka foul. He's, he's, he's running in there. He gets taken down. Some people are saying that's denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And the Aston Villa player should have been sent off. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it is a tough one, and I, I certainly think it's more, um, more subjective, yeah. yeah, than um, the other ones that we've seen in recent weeks. Um, but you know, as a lot of people brought up, if that's David Luiz hauling someone down, probably a different uh, outcome. So, yeah, it's easy to see why there were frustrations on that front, and um. Yeah, it was a clear foul from Esri Konzo. I mean, it says everything that you need to know about Premier League refs. The ex-Premier League ref went on to Sky Sports earlier today and said that uh, it was actually Saka who fouled Konza in that situation. <laughs> okay, that's um, ridiculous. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it looked clear as day to me and um, that it was a foul, but... Uh, not clear as day that it was a red card, to be honest. Uh, mm. You know, I think it's one of those that if, if it was us in that situation, we'd feel quite aggrieved. Um, Saka had mm. a lot of ground to cover. But if we're being yeah, it's honest... It's not like he was through on goal, like yeah. very close to goal. Like someone could yeah. have come round. I think Ming yeah. was covering. Matty Cash is also very quick yeah, as well, was, was coming round. So, But it was a common theme throughout the game, really, Saka getting hauled down mm. because I think Aston Villa realised Saka is Arsenal's best attacking player uh, and they decided to give him the Jack Grealish treatment and just hack him down the whole game <laughs> which was really not great to watch because you know this is a young English talent uh, it, it, protect him don't do not do that to him uh, but yeah is what it is at the end of the day that's what happens when you're as good as Saka is yeah it's true yeah. and I about the situation that's not a red card I'm sorry and I would be 
absolutely furious if one of our players got sent off for that. So I tried to take mm. my my, but my bias. You know, Louise would be. Oh, let's be honest. Or Shaka. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Which is why it's frustrating. It, yeah, mm. yeah, it is. I, I can't. I don't think it's like stone wall, not a red card. Like mm. I think there's a case to be made because he was going through on goal, but I just think because of how far he was, I think they normally deem that not to be a red card. This isn't one that, but as as you said, this this isn't one that I'm like absolutely fuming about because I do feel like it's it's not like the refs have failed to Im- objectively implement the actual rules. Like this is this is a bit of a grey area. There shouldn't be grey areas where where it's subjective, mm. but they ju- they just are at the moment. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not fuming, but I, I don't think it's like absolutely, definitely not red card. I think some get refs may have given it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Depending on the player, as we said. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, and yeah, sadly that's the case. I mean, for a player like Louise, he probably would have see, uh, received a, a reputation red card, as Tim Stillman said on Twitter. I really like the way he said that. Mm, um, reputational. Yeah. And- I mean, my issue lay with uh, Ezri Konza that he didn't get sent off uh, about. 10 minutes later for quite a um, obvious foul on Lacazette. Mm. Uh, he should have got his second yellow, in my opinion. He, uh, Lacazette I sort of... Think about that. It sort of um, played his, his usual sort of pass where he drops off and Konza brought, brought him down from behind. Uh, it, you know, that's a yellow card, in my opinion. But, you know, we're mm. Arsenal. We can't expect it. Exactly. And with that one in particular, the Arsenal player would have certainly been sent off because, you know, referees are always seemingly eager to give us <laughs> that second yellow, you know, even if the, even if the second foul, we, we berate players all the time for being stupid, you know, going in for the, for the second foul, if they already have a yellow, but we've seen in the past when it's, it's not much in it really. And, uh, and our players get sent off more often than not, sadly, but Alfie, the one that really has, pissed a lot of Arsenal fans off, myself included, mm. is um, one of our own, our former shot stopper, Emmy Martinez, bringing down Lacazette in in the box. Is that a penalty? 128%. Mm. It's, it's fucking blatant. Yeah. Like, I can't understand. I've got it up, the video up now. Shout out my account. Uh, it's got 35,000 views. Come on. Uh, <laughs> nice one. Yeah, it's uh, captioned "Free Kick Villa." By the way, when will it end? Mm. Um, yeah, and this is another thing I want to mention. This shout out comment: uh, "Stop crying, man! Far out, you and your complaints. We were terrible. Boo hoo!" I got sixteen likes. My reply <laughs> got uh, eighty nine likes. Ratioed. Our level. Of- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ratio, exactly. Our level of performance is irrelevant to this decision. We have every right to feel aggrieved. And that's what I want to say. Why can't people compartmentalize performance and um, refereeing decisions? Mm. No one is saying we we deserved a point or, you know, we can't, this is an excuse for us not playing well. But, like, it's not relevant. Like, we deserve, we we should have had a penalty blatantly. Mm. I'm watching it again and again. It's just replaying. And I can't believe people are say, trying to say Martinez pushes him. Lacazette has no hands on Martinez at all. His hands, he's trying to get away, but Martinez is fucking grabbing him and pulls him down towards him on top of him. Like, that is a fucking penalty every day of the week. And I don't know how on earth VAR watched that 
and didn't give it. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it's the second time in a week that we've been punished. And it's... Uh, where? Let me get up the, the post. Yeah, I, I'm completely in, in agreement with you, Alfie. It's, yeah, and if you need a barometer to understand whether it really was and whether you're listening to this from the view of a biased Arsenal fan, okay, of course you can you can say that, but my uncle is an Aston Villa fan. I sent him the video, he agreed, penalty. So it, Surely it, anyone would. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's fucking, it's stone wall. He sh- he's pulled his shirt to the ground. Lacazette has no hands on him. He's not pushing him. It may, some people think it looks like Lacazette is pushing him because Lacazette falls on him, but that's because Martinez pulls him onto him. Yeah. They'll probably say fucking, oh, Lacazette's shirt shouldn't have been pulling, shouldn't have been aggressively touching <laughs> Martinez's tug. Yeah. Like, but yeah, just on this, 19 decisions where VAR have objectively um, fucked us over since the start of last season. If you don't mind me reading them out, no. you've got Lacazette's goal disallowed versus Leicester. Absolutely stone wall. Shaka yeah. was apparently in his way. If you look it back, Shaka is nowhere near the goalkeeper. You've it's got Trent's him. high foot tackle on Saka. Should have been a red card. Mm-hmm. Socrates' goal disallowed because of a foul in the build-up when Chambers is clearly brought down. I was fucking <laughs> behind the goal for that. I was yeah. fuming. Oh, that Pull on Socrates' shirt in the penalty area versus Sheffield United. Yeah, that was a miserable Sander day. Sander high foot tackle on Aubameyang earlier this season. Reckless. Mm. Jossa ham- Hamball before he scored. That was blatant. Mm. Uh, David Luiz red card and penalty versus Wolves, of course. Vardy when he fucking fly kicked Mustafi in the face <laughs> and it wasn't deemed violent conduct even though Nketiah did something far less bad uh, in the same game and got sent off. Walker's high foot on Gabriel on the penalty area earlier this season. Blatant penalty. Cook's tackle on Pepe versus Bournemouth. Cresswell's tackle on Pepe versus West Ham. Cater's high foot challenge on Eddie versus Liverpool in the Community Shield. Consa last man tackle on Sacco yesterday. Uh, Mane elbow to the face, to Tierney's face. That was absolutely fucking blatant, Raycard. Jorginho second yellow for foul on Guendouzi. Mm. I was fuming after that because someone else got booked for the same thing in the same game. De La Feu in the area as the goal kick is taken. That one was fucking unbelievable mm. because literally VAR should have seen that instantly. Lacazette taken down in the penalty area by Martinez today or on Saturday. Saturday, mm. Pepe taken down in the penalty area versus Sheffield United. Another blatant penalty. Fernandez studs up tackle on Shaka versus United. Those are 19 decisions where they were fucking blatant and it's not mm. some subjective call these are just the rules failing to be implemented these instances prove that we are getting fucked over whether or not it's actually a fucking conspiracy against arsenal or whether or not var is just fucking hopeless and we're just unlucky that it happens to us more than most of the sides Hmm. it's beyond the joke at this point and it is fucking it's getting infuriating like i can't stand it if, if I need to see another fucking challenge, a decision against us, I'm going to fucking lose myself. Lose my... Lose whatever. I'm lo- I'm fucking... Oh. That's the big... Probably the biggest rant I've ever that had was, on this podcast. That was fucking stupendous. You just decided the title of this episode. I mean, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> well done. Well done. Use. <laughs> yeah, good. Good end That was... That was... Oh! <laughs> That was like uh, that was like Gabrielle Martinelli's solo run um, against yeah. Chelsea, Stamford mm. Bridge. 
yeah, for that 2-2 win. Yeah, good stuff, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but I, I completely agree. And I don't know if the FA is conspiring against us or what I think more so, what, what's more likely is that they have their favorites because, you know, I really think last season in particular, I'm sorry to say, but they favored the likes of Liverpool, Leicester. They like those kind of teams, you know, with the uh, – Mm. With the abundance of United. English players, and Man United. U- yeah. United is their yeah. is their baby this season. <laughs> they they would die for United this time round. There's no way a team gets about 58 more penalties than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like, yeah, last season just coincidentally, I know they have players who are like they're quite tricky and quick mm. in the box who win penalties a lot. But there's no the it's, it's disproportionate. It's so it's it's so dis- yeah, but, yeah. It's, it's so disproportionate. So do we. Because, because I don't think we have a lot of technical players who are capable of winning penalties oh, yeah. and don't get them. So, oh, yeah. so <laughs> that's just not an excuse, is yeah, it? No. Stop. Yeah, but they Ridic- tend to have more touches in the box than our players. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, but it's still disproportionate. It's so disproportionate, man. Because when you look at people like Wilfred Zaha and and guys, but you know, Raheem Sterling, for example, referees kind of question making the call before doing it because they have a reputation. But why is it that, you know, certain players that have a reputation? For prime example, Salah. It seems like every time Salah goes down in the box, Liverpool get a penalty. Yeah. I, I just mm. don't get it. I mean, it makes no sense. Martial. Yeah, they, Rashford. Every Manchester United attacker. Mm. They, they have their Interesting favorites. that you... Uh... Interesting that you mentioned Sterling because uh, I, I can't remember who put this up, but Sterling yesterday, yesterday became yeah. uh, the the player who has won the most penalties in Premier League history. Really? Yeah. Wow. Twenty one. Okay, so that kind of destroys the point I was trying to make about Sterling. But yeah, <laughs> no, but no, I still think your point hold, holds a degree of validity as well because um, I'm trying to think of an Arsenal player who's similar. Well, maybe even Pepe. Hmm. Uh, they have sort of this this running style or the, just the way they play because they're quite a, a, a jinky player. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're, every time they go down, refs seem to think, oh, he's just thrown himself on the floor. Well, no, actually, he's just a very good footballer and he's made his opponent foul him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. oh, there are so many I'm examples of when Pepe... Of Pepe winning a single penalty for us. Nah, but I remember it was one of his yeah. first games for us against Bournemouth. He just got clarted onto the yeah. floor and it went to VAR and nothing given. Uh, so, yeah, the... Pepe's a weird one with, with penalties, actually. He doesn't tend to get the rub of the green. Yeah, and, mm. and Rob, just kind of on that, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a big conspiracy theory. I'm not going to sit here and act like it is because I don't want to do that. I don't want to make too many excuses, but I'm just getting so sick and tired of talking about officiating every single week, man, Mm. every single episode. That's all we talk about. Mm. Well, yeah, I I started my article last week on on Thomas Partey about on that front. Mm. Sort of, I I said how I hate macro analyzing refereeing performances because I don't watch football for the referee even though a certain someone likes to make it all about uh, everything about himself uh, <laughs> Mike Dean yeah um, but I, I hate talking about refs I, I like talking How about football I, fucking... I like 
I like talking about beautiful goals. I like talking about good defensive performances. I like talking about resurgences from players. I like talking about surprises. I like talking about shocks. XG. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's why I like football or transfers, everything other than referees that then of no interest to me. Mm. Uh, And Mm. it's their fault. They're consuming the the narrative at the moment. Um, And I just like to... I tweeted about this earlier. It didn't get much attention, so I might as well speak about it. I've seen a lot of people um, talking about this siege mentality within fan bases towards refs at the moment. No, I, I mean, I get the death threats is a step too far. That that should never, ever happen in any any field, any sport. It, it, exactly right, like racial abuse, that should never be a step that people take. But people have every right, as Alfie said earlier when he talked about the performance and the decisions, people have every right to be aggrieved when the person in the match who's supposed to be objective gets decisions wrong on a consistent basis. This isn't siege mentality. Mm. This is people realising that something is fundamentally wrong. And... Mm. and- <laughs> We're right to be upset. Fucking every other, as I said last week, every other fucking element of an, a person in the in the game is criticised. You know, managers, players are criticised all the time. Coaches, um, you know, people in senior positions, whether it's at the FA or within clubs, they get criticised. Why? Why should referees be immune? Mm-hmm. They should get fucking criticised when they're not doing their job properly. That's completely fair. Uh, it shouldn't be this whole siege mentality bullshit. No, if if they're not doing their job properly, then what what do they expect? Just to get, get a pat on the back and told you know to keep going? No, they should be fucking. They should be fucking sacked essentially if they're doing yeah. their shit. I mean, on Mike Dean's front, you've got you've actually got empirical evidence to sack him because in a, in the space of a week, two red cards that he's given have been overturned. Mm. <laughs> So he's making wrong decisions every week and he makes yeah. it all about himself. <laughs> and they can say, oh, um, they've been overturned so they're not serving the suspension so it's not really impacted. It's impacted that, albeit Suchex was in the last minute, you know. And even then he's a massive aerial one, threat. They conceded another three goals. So yeah. like it, it makes a difference in game. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably stop talking about it because, you know, it's rubbish. Yeah. But, (laughs) well, I Uh, I guess, I guess let's try to end it on a, on a little bit more of a positive note and one that we actually talk about Arsenal in, um, because I'm done talking about referees because, you know, like Alfie was alluding to, it, it's not going to, it's not going to be fixed because it's almost, reminiscent of North Korea because you can't say anything about him. You get, yeah. Yeah. you know, you get shot in the head metaphorically it's with a $10,000 ban. I mean, you can't, you can't do anything. So I'm done talking about it. Let's move on. I've always found it mental that when managers criticize referees, they get fucking bans. That's yeah. That's, that is mental. Yeah. That it's is like restricting like their freedom of speech. Yeah. You're allowed to criticize people who do their job poorly. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you saw recently, you may have seen the uh, the clip going around uh, with Jurgen Klopp getting really pissy with the journalist for no good reason, may I say. But the journalist was kind of questioning, mm-hmm. like, you know, the gap between Liverpool and Manchester City now who sit top. And, you know, Klopp got really pissed off at it. But the thing is about it, you can, like Alfie said, you can criticize 
managers because that's essentially a criticism of Klopp, you know, being so far behind City. And you could criticize players. Why the hell can't you criticize the officiators who are doing their jobs hmm. so, so, so atrociously? I mean, it just it makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Hmm. And let's move on, man. Let's move on to our next game. Rob, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to get just one yeah, last yeah. word on this. Hmm. If you're going to get into an industry where people care so much about the results and what happens in it, you know, it's not like we're delivering post or something. This is like high, high stakes. People are going to fucking like that. People heavily invested in this sport. Then you're going to get criticism yeah. when, you, when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like that's just the nature of right. it. If, if you can't take the fact that people criticize it. I'm not talking about death threats and personal abuse. I'm talking about like criticism. Then you should fuck off to another industry, to be honest. Yeah. Go and yeah. like, I don't know, garden mm. or something. Yeah. But even gardening, if you do gardening shit, you're going to get criticized. Yeah. Or if you're a freelance gardener, you're not going to get hired, you know? So why is it that yeah, uh, exactly. I just, yeah, it's nonsensical. It's fucking. Mate, at the end of the day, this, this is how I look at it. Um, the stakes in Premier League football are so incredibly high. And mm. for example, Thomas Suchek, he's a massive, massive aerial threat. He scored so many goals this season. Massive credit to him. He's, he's really sort of like an anomaly in the Premier League. He, just so unconventional but and so brilliant. But uh, enough on him. You know, if he scores from that free kick, West Ham win the game. And th- those points might, might or might not come on, we've got to look at it that way, decide whether West Ham get European qualification this mm. season, and that's millions of pounds. Yeah. Um, mm. And that's millions of pounds down the drain, down to an officiating I mean, error. All you like, have to do is is look at uh, the 18-19 season when we faced Spurs. Um, yeah. And Harry Kane got that penalty when he was offside, um, and they scored the equaliser, and then um, fucking Vertonghen... Um, encroaches yeah Aubameyang when he takes the penalty mm. so it should have been retaken yeah. but anyway yeah. anyway enough fuck on refs. refs fuck refs let's talk That's about Arsenal message yeah exactly yeah. yeah fuck VAR as well exactly for being useless that, that, for its existence it just b- before we talk about leads for a few minutes before we draw this bad boy to a close I mean if you don't know how to use it just get rid of it that's my opinion on the matter honestly because I'm seeing it just be used wrongfully Every time it's being well, used. Well, VAR. Yeah, yeah. I, I would rather have... I think it should be It should be one of the solutions, mm. but it's not at the moment. Guys, I have no problem with VAR. I have pr- problems with the video assistant referees uh, yeah. who, are, who are ma- manning mm. VAR. Uh, and until fundamental change happens within uh, the Premier League's officials, you know, we're going to be having these conversations and... You know, if somehow this podcast is still going 10 years later, I reckon we'll probably still be having the same conversations. Probably. probably. Um, yeah, let's move on. Rob, we are basically, our, our next match, we are playing against the other most unpredictable side in the Premier League. We're the, we're the, we're the first most unpredictable side in the Premier League. These guys are the next. Uh, Leeds United, mm. I'm just looking at the record here, man. It's so bizarre. Nine wins, two draws, ten losses. Very similar to ours. We have two games in hand. Uh, nine wins, four draws, and ten losses. But 
what are your th how are you feeling going into this game? I mean, Leeds are a pretty pretty tricky team. Yeah, it will, it will be a really interesting game. Two managers with sort of very different tactical philosophies. Um, and of course, Marcelo Bielsa has created something pretty special with that lead side, considering the, the quality of their players. Um, mm. as, as for the game, um, I expect us to win, mm. really. Um, Leeds, you know, we, we can't... Re come on we're Arsenal we can't fear a side to have just been promoted from the championship um, so it's important for us to pick up especially considering the fixtures that uh, follow after that um, so yeah Leeds good team but Arsenal should beat them they're playing Palace tonight it'll be interesting to see how that match goes um, and yeah, you know after what happened last time we played Leeds when we lost Nicolas Pepe and we, we really played poorly. I think, you know, we should stamp our authority and, and show them who we are, really. Yeah, I would agree. Alfie, what do you think? Yeah, we're in a much, much better place, albeit we've lost our last two games. We're in a much better yeah. place than we were when we played them um, in November. And yeah, I agree. I, th I expect us to beat them because I think, A, if you look at their sort of metrics of late, They've been slightly worse, um, particularly offensively, because normally they, they were extremely chaotic. I feel like they may have dialed that down slightly, um, and they're a bit of a bit more settled side now, which is not as fun. Um, and I don't even know even know if that will be you know beneficial to them if I think their results have remained ex extremely inconsistent. Um, mm. Yeah, I expect I expect us to win. I think if we, I think we have to make a few changes. I know we've got a week break, as you said, mm -hmm. but then what's Benfica right after that? I think we should make a few changes. I'd like to see Martin Odegaard start, um, and I'm looking forward to the game because I feel like Leeds, as we've talked about, they're not a team that will sit in a sort of compact shape. They will play expansive football. Um, they will press us very high. Oh, that doesn't mean it's going to be an easy game. It's going to be very difficult um, because of the way they press and. The fact that they are able to they are able to make some very good chances. We yeah. saw it at the Emirates last year when we when we um narrowly beat them in the FA Cup, probably didn't deserve to. Um mm. Yeah, I, I expect it to be a bit more easy for us to create chances in that sense. And I I feel like because of how good we are generally defensively, I think we'll be able to see it through. It's they're not as good as Aston Villa, so and they're not as good defensively as Wolves, albeit significantly better going forward. So, I, yeah, we should get, get three points, and we need to, really. The two results, we can't have a third poor result in a row. Um, yeah, I completely so agree. So, we've, we've got to turn it around. Yep, I completely agree with both of you, and I completely agree with that previous statement, Alfie. We have to win this game. It's absolutely pivotal. And I think we have a really good chance at this, too. Um, I'm, I'm way more scared of teams that are super resilient defensively and Leeds United are not that kind of team. I mean, they have out of all these, uh, out of all the teams in the division, they're one of the sides that have conceded, you know, the most goals. So I'm, I'm really, I'm pretty confident actually going into it, despite the, the previous two losses. Um, so let's hope we get a good result. That's, that's a win and nothing less is what we need. Really. That there's no two ways mm -hmm. about it. Nine nil. Would um that be nice. yeah yeah I think yeah. well I don't know if anybody else I'll take that. I don't know if anyone actually loses nine nil besides Southampton that's kind of like they've <laughs> trademarked that you know 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is mental. Yeah. Okay. They should get it on their badge somehow. I would agree. I would definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, everyone's going to talk about it for years from now, so they might as well embrace it. I mean, because I think it's... Uh, Twice in two seasons. I, like, <laughs> you know how demolitions that you hear pretty frequently are like, Four ones, five nil, seven nil, seven one, six one, whatever. You know, you hear those score lines frequently. Nine nil. Wow. I mean, that is just mm. crazy. I remember there a few years ago, I don't remember who they were playing against, but I was watching Real Madrid and they beat some team ten to two in one game. <laughs> and to this day, that was probably four or five years ago. I still well, we, remember. We lost eight two to United, and it's still talked. Yeah. About, yeah, that was fucking traumatizing. It's still talked about all the time. Oh, wow! Mm. So they're not ever gonna. Yeah, that was well, tough. Was, uh, City beat Watford eight nil. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then they beat Stoke. Was it seven two uh, or eight two? Beautiful. I think it was a couple years. I ago. can't really remember our last massive win like that. We beat um, Gret six nil. <laughs> Yeah, that's a long time ago. Uh, Bate Borisov six nil. Um, we did a friend. There was a friendly that I think. Who were we playing? I was Boreham Wood. Yeah, but is that worth? <laughs> no, no. There was another. One. I think Ajax beat VVV Venlo. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, our last, our last massive win. West Brom was pretty convincing, wasn't it? Mm. 4-0. Okay, this one. Uh, we beat Huddersfield 5-0 this... a few years ago. We beat Bournemouth 5 Oh, yeah, that was Wenger's last game at the Emirates. That was a great day. It was uh, It was this one. Yeah. It was this one back. No, that was no, that was Burnley 5-0. Oh, yeah. Well, that was equally impressive, yeah. yeah. Back in 2015 in the Emirates Cup, we beat Lyon 6-0, and there were six different goal scorers. <laughs> I love when that happens. Oh, yeah, I remember dear. that. Shout out, Cazorla. Yep. Yeah. With his under the wall free kick. Did we wear the gold kit that day? Yeah. I think we may. Yeah. Let's check. We are such it. nerds. Yeah. That's the Emirates FA Yeah, Cup, why do I remember? Not the Emirates, oh. the Emirates Cup. Oh, God. A few years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> why do I have that information? <laughs> why? Okay. No, you know what? The real question is why the hell did Giroud have frosted tips in that game? I'm just looking at the yeah yeah at the Google images. He scored like a flicked God. header, didn't he, off the back of his head? Yeah. Then Iwobi, Ramsey, Oxley, Chamberlain, Özil, and Cazorla. How do I know this? <laughs> is that off the top of your head? Wow. Yeah. 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 I can give right. you any score from like the 2010-11 season, probably earlier, from any game. Yeah. Ask me a game. Uh, Arsenal Stoke away in the last season they were in the Premier League. Um, seventeen eighteen we lost one nil. Jesse scored for them. What the fuck is wrong with you? And Lacazette scored, and it was miles offside. Oh, yeah, no, that it was one. onside, but it was given as offside. Yeah, I remember that one. How the fuck? I thought I thought there was another one where we you beat can go them. further than back than that. No, I that swear. was 17-18. Uh, no, we beat them the season before, 4-1, 16-17. Oh, that was, that was a good time. Sanchez playing yeah. up top. Oh, I like that. No, Giroud. Giroud scored Was two. it? Yeah, because it was the end of 16-17 season. What was the game when we were wearing the, the navy kit with the luminous 
uh, like stripes on the sleeves. I oh, swear. was that um, that was fourteen fifteen away kit when we beat United? Nah. No, no, that's, that's a different one. Oh, I, I don't even know what I'm thinking about. Go further back. Ask me. Ask okay. Me um, bloody hell. Uh, Arsenal, Man United, season 11 12, home. Uh, we lost 2 1. Oh, did we? Van Persie scored for us. Um,. And Oxley Chamberlain set it up. Then Oxley Chamberlain was bought off for our Shavin, and everyone booed because Oxley Chamberlain had a great game. Yeah, uh, it's mad. What I know the that. fuck is? I can't remember who scored for what United. What is wrong with you? Well, the other game was <laughs> the other game was eight two, of course, yeah. <laughs> against United that season. Twelve three. Yeah, you're right. Two one United. Well enough. Okay. Good stuff. That's that's concerning, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Alright. That's enough. No one cares. Let's That's why you're our stats guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's What was the XG that day? <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't been created yet. Yeah, no, yeah. of course not. Let's uh let's draw this bad boy to a close because this segment yeah, is irrelevant. We get it, Alfie. You have a good memory. Yeah. Good for you. You're not. You're a genius. You're not prone to Alzheimer's. Good job. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay, <laughs> folks listening, thanks a million for tuning in. Leave a review wherever you can. Give us a follow on our socials, everything like that. At Canon underscore podcast on the Twitter. Share it with your cool uncles because your parents should not know that you listen to this catastrophe of a podcast. <laughs> Alfie, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. We love Arsenal to Cody K. Da, la, la, la. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bartholomew. The same goes to you. Bartholomew. <laughs> um, shout out uh, my Twitter, AFC underscore blogger49. Check it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, we need a song. I, I know Alpha usually says that, but we... we Kind of just went off on tangents oh. today and didn't think of one. Do you, I don't know. Rob, do you want to choose? Alfie chose the week before last. I chose I mean, last. I mean, do you got anything in mind? The only thing that uh, is going through again my mind. Again again. <laughs> what <laughs> upset. The only thing that I can think of right now. Uh, just because of Alfie's fantastic remembering skills, is that, that it's a, such an annoying song? It's like, Remember me for <laughs> centuries. Oh God! No, I, hate, I fucking hate that no. song. Pick it, I love it. I hate. No, that we need song. a. <laughs> I can't even remember what it's called. Is it just remember called like Remember Me? For me? No, we need we need something to do with like Matt Ryan or something. Maybe the Australian national. Oh yeah, for Alan. That Australian drill song. <laughs> should we? Should I'll we contact? Should we? Again. Should we like wait um, for the podcast to be over and then contact Alan and see what he wants as as the song? Yeah, let's okay. do that. Leave leave the, the fans hanging. Matt Ryan's only Arsenal game. <laughs> for, yes. For <laughs> it was a good good one. Good good whilst it yeah. lasted. Big yeah, up. I thought it was all right. Oh, to be Matt. fair, good old Matty. Yeah, it was good. Crikey, yeah. he was a, he put in a crikey performance. But. He won't play no. again. Let's <laughs> no. Probably not. <laughs> Poor Maddie. All right. On that note, we'll see you folks later.
Until next time. Toodles. Goodbye. Bye. Traveling in a fighter combi On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? to say